All right, guys. Uh, welcome back to another episode of uh, Hundred Books a Year with Kevin. Uh, today, I want to spend one day um, on this uh, Buddha psychotherapy kind of a book called uh, "Going on Being" by Mark Espin. Mark uh, Espinstein uh, or Esp- or Estein. <laughs> Mark is a uh, psychiatrist, um, therapist, if you will. Um, so his um, story is actually really interesting. He went to medical school, right, for um, psychiatry, for counseling, uh, to become a therapist. And then he was learning the Western therapeutic phenomena or the, what's the better term for a curriculum, right? I think we talked about this a while ago. Um, you know, it has something to do with your childhood, right? Uh, figure out a person's childhood and figure out uh, their parents' uh, parenting style is key in those regards, right? So Mark, in a nutshell, he wasn't feeling it, <laughs> right? He was like, yeah, I kind of want to kind of deviate and do my own thing like a little bit, trying to see, is there anything that we can do in that regard to sort of, quote-unquote, have a um, better idea in terms of how should we think about this particular idea of a mix between psychotherapy and Buddhist psychology? So Mark argues that the most important question is how to live in the traditional Buddhist path of insight and how to live with it, how to adapt to it. It's not enough to just learn the ropes from it, but how should we adapt to it? So in a sense that every therapist have their own style, right? Um, maybe some is a little bit more more traditional, but Mark Eisman has his style more towards uh, Buddhist psychology, if that makes sense, right? <clears throat> so I read a book, uh, to be honest, I, 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 I don't quite like it, but I do like uh, some portion of it. Um, there are some very interesting ideas in there, and I feel like I have not, you know, um, what's the term? I have not practiced enough, let's put it that way, or have a deeper understanding enough to get what some of the uh, writings are saying. Maybe when I reread the book in the future, I probably will, will I pick up more. But the thing is, is he he mentioned something I feel like is really important. It's called somebody versus nobody. So in the 1960s, right, like there is this like very, very new uh, way of saying, right, is that you have to be somebody before you can be nobody, right? That, uh, that was with the height of the um, Wusong era, right? Like people are, you know, like uh, getting free, you know, spiritually and all that fun stuff. It, it become a popular phrase, right? Uh, you have to be somebody before you can be nobody because people are joining or people are accepting Buddhist idea or having an interest in them because of this no self kind of ideology or uh, quote unquote, the pursuit of emptiness, right? Um, the, it's like in the center of the Buddhist philosophy. But the thing is, is there's a couple misunderstanding in there, which which I found is really interesting. It's probably my most uh, worthy takeaway right here. So the thing is, is that 
if if we are considering this approach to quote unquote the nobody, right? This approach to um, we are trying to get to a the, like get to the true version of who and what we are. It it really involves looking, but without resorting to the intrinsic value of reality. I don't know if that makes sense or not, right? So put it in like a simpler world, uh, becoming somebody, it means you're clinging on to being, right? I am Kevin. I am Chinese. I love tea and I love noodles, right? That is my clinging to my being. But becoming a nobody, from that sentence, it means that you are clinging on to the identity of non-being. So you are trying to attach either way, and that is not the ideal situation according to Mark, right? So what is the right answer, <laughs> right? It says it depends, right? Like it's, it's it, like a mind's need for certainty, it was in a sense shortchanging the reality. I love that phrase, right? let me repeat that. A mind's need for certainty was shortchanging reality, right? Because we desperately want to pursue this idea of non-self or emptiness, we 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 kind of overlook this whole clinging onto identities and egos and that side of the reality. So the correct view, like I said, according to Mark, is somewhere in the middle, right? It's like somewhere in the middle between completely clinging onto a certain ideology and then not cling on to a certain ideology. So the self-centered attitude in this regard um, is that like we can be proud or empty, but the problem live with our sense of self-certainty, right? So how certain are you with your identity? How certain are you with uh, yourself making a decision or making or or you know um at a at a uh crossroad how certain are you quote unquote um when when you have to make a tough decision right that is kind of like where this paragraph is trying to get at so let's revert back to the topic right like this book's title going on being going on being what does it mean Right, um, my my sense of it it means that we need to get a flow for authentic self. Like you you need to let yourself out, and you 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 need to be okay with it. Then, tran- then it translate to going on being right. If you're not okay with it, then what that means is you have an interrupted flow of the authentic self. So similar to what we talk about, uh, right? You have to be somebody before you can be nobody. Similar issue, right? Similar um, idea. So how should we get a quote-unquote uninterrupted flow of authentic self? Uh, according to Mark, two options: meditation, which we talk about like a lot, right? I'm a fan of many um, uh, meditation, or psychotherapy, right? Like the more you can eliminate uh, the amount of 
um, interruptions, the better. So in a lot of ways, going on being to answer the question, to understand the title, it really relates to two things, self-discovery and self-creation. And self-discovery means that you need to have an uninterrupted flow of authentic self that's most important. And self-creation is after you realize that, like after you figuring that out, then you should be able to get a sense of self-creation happening as well. But you cannot really do any of that if you haven't realized what is your true nature is or what is your being, quote unquote, understanding those, right? So, okay, that's it, guys. Um, like I said, I'm not a Buddhist uh, psychologist or a therapist, but I think this is very interesting. And then I just want to share with you guys kind of this whole perspective of going on being and then kind of like mixing Buddhist therapists to Western therapists and along those lines, how do we find a sweet intermediate section right there? All right, guys, uh, thank you so much for li uh, uh, listening. I don't know if you guys will enjoy these type of talks be before, but I enjoy reading this book because it kind of gave me a sense of like, okay, this is something that I, like, I, I should work towards, you know, and then we kind of uh, just go from there. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening and uh, have a good day.